Welcome to Becoming Referrable, the podcast that helps you become the kind of advisor people can't help talking about. I'm Julie Littlechild, and today, Steve and I have the privilege of speaking with Seth Streeter. Seth is the founder and chief impact officer, which you'll have to agree is a very cool title, at Mission Wealth. Now, when I heard Seth talk about his business and the experience that he and his team have created, I just knew I had to get him on the podcast. Seth has redefined, in some sense, the scope of the offer that advisors can provide, and they do that through their Inspired Living platform. They provide and curate extraordinary content and experiences for their clients, and Seth believes that this is the future of client experience. This conversation will give you a glimpse into what's possible when you have a clear idea of your target client, a strong vision, and the will to pull it all off. And while their experience is legitimately impressive, it's important to remember that they didn't start there. And that's the message that I think is so important for all of us. We just need to take the first step toward a bigger vision and watch what happens. And with that, let's jump straight to our conversation with Seth. Seth, welcome to the Becoming Referrable podcast. So pleased to have you here. Yeah, welcome, Seth. Thank you so much. Excited to be joining you. Oh, yes. I'm... I you know, her, we were on a panel together some time ago and I was listening to you talk about your business and the entire time I was thinking, got to get you on the podcast because I want to, I want to learn more about this, but maybe before we just jump into some of those intriguing things that you're doing, can you just give us a quick overview of the business? Sure. Uh, Mission Wealth was founded 21 years ago, year 2000 uh, by Brad Stark and myself. And we really founded the firm based on four key pillars. Uh, number one, we believed in independence and objectivity. This is you know, before the fiduciary model was really commonplace as it is today. Uh, two, we believed in comprehensive financial planning. Brad and I were two of the youngest CFPs uh, in the state of California and really believed in that approach. Three, we wanted to be proactive and make sure we had a meaningful service model that we proactively delivered to our clients. And four, we wanted to integrate with other professionals, attorneys, accountants, bankers, and so forth. And so today we're at 4 billion in assets serving 1800 families. Uh, We have a national firm uh, that's really growing and we're super excited uh, about our uh, culture. We've got an incredible team of over 60 professionals and uh, we have a lot of fun working together. Well, that's half the battle right there. Yeah. Um, I'd love to dig in on, you know, you mentioned a, me- a meaningful service level. And, and what I found particularly intriguing, although there's a couple of things you mentioned there I'd love to dig in on, was um, something that you're calling the inspired living service, um, which just really jumped out at me as something so unique and so different. Can you talk us through what that is? Sure. Let me start with the Why? why we uh, really developed this program. So, you know, the value stack has been spoken about a lot in our industry and how at the kind of bottom of the pyramid, like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs pyramid, if you visualize it, is basic investment management, which we know can be delivered with a robo platform for 20 to 30 basis points. Then as you work up the pyramid, then you have more customized investments, maybe around socially responsible investing or concentrated stock. Okay, fewer people can do that, but still it can be done digitally. And then three, you get into planning. So now you talk about financial planning and adding value that way, which is you know, a big tenet of mission wealth. But again, AI may be coming in offering a lot of great planning tools. So as you move to the top of the pyramid, which Maslow called the self-actualization, we believe in the financial services arena that really gets to the coaching realm. 
So the coaching realm is where you can add uniquely human services that will not be replaced by AI or a machine. And so Inspired Living was really our focus on delivering meaningful value add coaching elements that will integrate with the planning and the investment management piece. And is this something that you offer to all clients for your top clients? I mean, how does this actually get integrated into the work that you do? Yeah, some components of it are offered to all clients and some components are offered to kind of middle tier and some components are only offered to the highest tier. So we, just like in a, a service model approach, uh, we have you know, unique elements designed for the appropriate audience. Right. And, and Seth, what kinds of things go into that coaching element at the top of that pyramid? What, what, what do you do there that distinguishes it from the financial planning piece? Yeah, well, we have a number of programs which we can get into and I can talk about the specific programs, but I would just say overall, it's about evolving the discovery conversation with clients from two-dimensional to three-dimensional. So it's going beyond, okay, let's talk about your asset allocation and your mortgage and what your home is worth to asking questions like, hey, do you feel a sense of place in your home? Do you feel in your career like you're being valued and that your contributions are really leveraging your gifts in the way you want them to? Uh, it's just, it's deeper listening, it's deeper probing. And what that does is it opens up a, a connection with clients that goes from your head to your heart. And that's where the meaning and the connection really broadens. So uh, we've developed programs that are designed to take clients there uh, depending on where the client is, you have to meet the client where they are. You don't just start a relationship starting to talk about, you know, the broader life goals. You talk about their financial pain points. Uh, but when the timing is right, we do uh, have tools and resources to go there. So one of the, I mean, it sounds like a, a really robust, deep conversation. I'm going to talk about some of the tools that you use to support that. But one of the things that's come up as I've been talking to advisors over the last little while about having deeper conversations is, is almost at, well, what do I do with the information? <laughs> if I'm talking to my clients about these things and they tell me I don't feel a sense of place in my home or I don't feel like, where do I go from that? How, how do you think about that? Yeah. Well, you know, our first and foremost job is to listen with clients, right? So just creating that safe space for them to share is really huge. The second step is to empathize, right? To really try to understand what the client's going through and to feel what they're feeling as they've just sold their company or just gone through a divorce or they've just retired, they've just lost a spouse. You know, life transitions are where this coaching element really can shine. So the way that we integrate it is after you ask the questions, create the space, listen and provide empathy, then you need to have some way to provide a framework where they can reimagine their life. They can reimagine how they're going to move forward. And then the next component is you have to be able to give them agency in order to do it, right? You have to be able to support them and provide a, an encouraging uh, platform and peer support and advisor support to really help them believe they can move forward in a positive way. And then finally, you need to integrate that into the financial plan, into the conversation. So it's not getting lost from the fact that we're here to help them make financial choices. It's just an additive element that then can be integrated back to make the financial plan far more connected and meaningful to the client. Can, can we walk through a sample of that? Because it sounds really interesting and I'd like to hear how it sort of plays out. So let's say you're, you're talking with a client and, you know, you're asking, you know, do you think at work that your skills are valued and that, you know, you ask those questions and they say, no, you know what, really? No, I, I really don't feel like I'm getting valued. 
can you sort of walk us through what the next few steps for you might be? Sure. Well, I have two, you know, client specific examples I could share. That would be great. Uh, great. So, you know, one is I met with uh, Bob and his wife, Sue. He was a corporate attorney, made a lot of money, seven figures, beautiful home, you know, lavish lifestyle. And in the financial planning discussion, he was like, how can I be done? How soon can I be done? You know, it was like that, like I'm grinding out and he, you know, he was traveling a great deal. This is pre-pandemic. He actually had back issues. So he was in a lot of pain flying all the time. And he was miserable, right? And so in that conversation, I said, well, you know, Bob, what do you love to do? And he said, well, what does that have to do with me retiring? Like, let's get back. And he had all his statements on the table. And, you know, he wanted us to dive into his portfolio and his profit sharing plan and all that. And so I said, but what do you love to do? My job is not just to, you know, help you leave what you apparently don't love, but it's to help you go into what you do love. And his, his wife luckily spoke up and said, well, you know, Bob, honey, you love history. You're a history buff. You watch the History Channel, you read all these books, like you love history. And he's like, well, how is that going to help me retire? So that opened up a conversation where we started talking about ways from a financial planning standpoint that they could change their lifestyle. Uh, Their kids were in private schools and could shift to public schools. They had a country club that they were never using. Uh, Bob was willing to work many, many more years if he did something that he really enjoyed. And so two years later, he became a high school history teacher. And he and Sue could travel during the summers, which is what Sue wanted to do. Uh, he actually, his back pain improved. He lost weight. And like, that was an example where he brought something up. And instead of saying, well, I'm sorry, let's get your asset allocation so we can figure out how to optimize to help you retire. I said, no, this is an opportunity to use this conversation of what's come up so I can be a positive catalyst in their life and help them reimagine a different future where they could be much happier. Interesting. Powerful example. Yeah. Did you say you had another example? Because these are really great to, to bring these to life like this. Sure, sure. Yeah, I have a, a, another example, a woman who uh, she was in her late 50s. And when we met her, she was just going through a divorce. And she uh, you know, had a lovely home, plenty of assets. I knew she'd be fine financially. But uh, she also was really sad. And her daughters were off to college and beyond. So she was kind of empty nesting. So here her husband of 30 years and you know, being a mom, both of those changed shape as a spouse and as a mom. And so she you know, wasn't consoled by the fact, hey, you have more than enough, enough money to spend what you want. Like she's, she felt like I need to find myself. And so started talking about what is it that you love? What, you know, what fills you up? And she was saying how she loves to nurture. She's a, she goes, I'm a natural nurturer. I love that. And she said, you know, I have this home. It feels empty right now. And I love to give back, but I don't really know what nonprofits to get involved with. And so she was kind of at a loss. But what ended up happening is in multiple conversations, she realized that she loved doing skincare. And so here she was, a multimillionaire woman in her late 50s. Uh, She went and got her esthetician license. And she had this amazing uh, bedroom that we turned, she turned into, but we planned around her turning it into a home salon studio. And so she started doing facials for single women, single moms, uh, women through divorces, where she could connect with them. She could nurture them. She had company and she loved it. And it wasn't about the money. It was about giving her a new identity in this phase of her life. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, that's really powerful too. You have, um, I know, a really robust platform of content and whatnot that I'd love to talk through but there's also the skill side of this, I assume, which sounds the most fundamental to me. And how do you, what are the right questions? How do you know when to ask them? How do you, I mean, is this something that you 
developed in a really intentional way? Is it just something that you're just naturally really good at? Well, we have been working to develop it and to, you know, make sure that our advisors have training to be able to offer uh, these types of deeper questions and resources. Uh, Some of it comes to me more naturally. Uh, I think everyone has these natural gifts. We have to get out of our head to be able to access them because we're trained as financial advisors to know about estate planning and taxes and investments and economic theory. And like, we're in our heads so much. So we have to let go of that and we have to just connect with the human. And I think it starts by changing what we believe our actual job is. Are you a financial advisor in the business of delivering financial plans and investment advice? Or are you in the business of human transformation, being a positive catalyst in people's lives, and you happen to use financial planning as a portal to get there? So I think it's like, what is your role? What is your purpose? And if your purpose is to truly help people, that goes well beyond the balance sheet. And you know, we talk about wealth in 11 dimensions. Only one of those is finance. The other dimensions have to do with your social connection, your physical health, your intellectual growth, your impact in the community, your emotional well-being. All these other dimensions are what makes up a life. And so as advisors, we have to think about what is our role and how can we best serve these clients? And is optimizing their financial plan and talking about the Roth conversion the only way you can do that? And is this platform, this training that you develop something that is internal or is it something that other advisors can access? It is internal. You know, we have trainings to larger groups, uh, but frankly, you know, we built out a platform that's expanding with partnerships, firms that want access to these coaching services. Mm -hmm. And so we have the ability for firms, let's say they're two, three, four person firm, but they believe in this coaching model, want to provide these deep connections with clients. We have ways that we can partner with them where they can get exposure to these programs and provide that for their clients. Okay, great. So um, let's talk a little bit about the um, about doing that kind of work for folks. So you're going way beyond the the you know what many people consider the traditional boundaries of financial planning. What 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 kind of time commitment is that with with those clients? How do you work that into your process? Like how much contact time do you have with clients to help get them through this kind of a process? Right. Well, some of it can be done at scale, right? Especially in this virtual world of ours, when we have speakers that come in on each of these 11 dimensions. So, you know, two weeks ago, we had Dan Butner who wrote the book, The Blue Zones, all about health and longevity. And so he studied pockets of of people who live over age 100 and live, uh, you know, with vibrancy over age 100. And so he came in and talked about what are the lessons from the blue zone. So that was something our entire client base could benefit from listening to that and doing, you know, I did a QA and a with him. But then we also uh, have to think about the evolution of the relationship. And as I mentioned, most clients come to us because they have a financial pain point. I want to retire. I need more income. Should I sell my house? I have concentrated stock. I have a special needs daughter. So we begin, begin the relationship focused on the financial elements. We do ask some of these questions, but you know, for the first one, two, three years, a lot of the lifting is financial-based, like any traditional advisor uh, would focus on. But you know, what happens after years three, four, or five, when a lot of the financial plans are in order and you're kind of just you know, updating, but there's not as much robust change happening, that's when these coaching services can be integrated and really well-received. And, you know, COVID was a, a huge opportunity for advisors to connect with clients. They were longing for connection. They were sitting at home isolated. They, you know, wanted to know their money was safe, but a lot of them just want to know their health was okay, that their family was okay, that they could 
you know, reinvent themselves if they're, they were furloughed or if their business was going through hard times. So having these resources available is going to be hugely valuable during transitions and usually, you know, years three, four, five and beyond in the client relationship. And so the time allotment really depends on the service model, the client need, and it's about having it available when it's needed. It's not about forcing it down someone's throat. It's having it available when it's needed and then having uh, the tools and resources to be empowered to provide the value to the client. We'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I wanted to make you an offer in the meantime. This is Steve Wershing from Becoming Referrable. You know, with everything that's changed over the past year, your clients' needs and priorities have changed as well. How has their outlook changed, their goals? What do they think of what you've done well during this trying time and what can be improved? A virtual client advisory board will give you those insights and more. Our proprietary system will teach you who to invite to your board, how to invite them, the best questions to put on the agenda. We'll facilitate the meeting and give you five deliverables. Just send me a note, steve at theclientdrivenpractice.com and put cab, that's C-A-B, in the subject line and I'll send you my free report, seven tips on making your virtual client advisory board a success. Ask us about our virtual wine tastings too. Send me a note at steve at theclientdrivenpractice.com and put C-A-B in the subject line. Well, and I guess that's where the platform that you've built comes in to play because it's not just always the conversation, it's the content and whatnot. And and I, I think if I've got it right, there are sort of four elements to that. There's the the library of content, inspired talks, inspired life wisdom share, and the conversation circles. Do I have that right? And then I'd love to talk about each of those because they're quite fascinating. Sure. Yeah, those are the four main programs that we have that we're rolling out, you know, Mm -hmm. across the firm. And so content is simply having, you know, resources, podcasts, TED Talks, articles on these themes that matter most to clients. So we curate content for clients across these themes. The inspired talks are where we bring in expert resources and we actually host talks. And so we will interview these experts and then we'll do blog posts and then our advisors will share it. You know, we share it with clients. Our advisors follow up with the clients who say, this struck a chord with me. You know, I was, I'm thinking about my health in new ways. And what happens from the inspired talks is we do conversation circles in the subsequent month. We have a men's circle and women's circles. So they're kind of gender specific. And so if people want to talk about health, we'll then have a peer a facilitated peer conversation around those topics that are brought up that quarter related to the inspired talk. So we talked about our environmental space. You know, do you feel a sense of alignment with where you live and how to find more of that? Uh, also decluttering and you know, actual you know, hacks on how to improve your space. Uh, we talked about transitions with Chip Conley and how to find life purpose and going through the midlife U-curve of happiness. And you know, most recently, we talked to Dan Butner about health and longevity. So these conversation circles are groups of 15 or fewer clients with two to three advisors where we get in, we intimately talk about their thoughts around what if you lived an extra 10 years, how would that affect your life? And tell me about your framework around health. What does it mean to you? And so you, as you start to get that peer sharing, that's another way to provide tremendous value. And then the, the final piece are our wisdom shares. So every quarter we do a wisdom share program where up to 100 clients can participate. It's a 90 minute program. And we go through each of the 11 dimensions of wealth, and then we break them into small groups where they have 10 minutes to ideate what their top five tips are for having abundance in that particular dimension. How have you found success having an impact in the community? 
how have you found success staying intellectually stimulated and growing? And then they come back and present their top ideas to the overall group. And then the group also crowdsources other ideas. And at the end of it, we provide an infographic with all the crowdsourced ideas across those 11 dimensions and provide that to our clients. So it's a really fun way to hear from peers, to contribute your best ideas, and to just think more expansively beyond, again, just your finances. What proportion of your clients are actively using this? I imagine it's, I could be assuming, but it's probably incredible for some. And then you'll have some, it's like, this isn't my, this isn't my gig. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think it grows over time. So, you know, right now I'd say it's about 25% of our clients are active. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, I think that'll only grow because this is a relatively new program for us. This mm-hmm. has only been in the last year that we've really rolled out all of these defined programs in this way. Uh, you know, I gave my TED talk five years ago, and that was kind of the coming out story for integrating these two. But in the last five years, it's all been ramping up. And I think, honestly, the appetite from clients has been ramping up as well. I can imagine. It sounds daunting. I mean, it sounds incredible and daunting at the same time. I have to imagine there's people listening going, are you kidding me? Which I guess if it was easy, you know, everybody would do it, as they say. But um, are there are there baby steps for advisors who, you know, appreciate what you're doing, but are maybe not going to be delivering on that scale? Sure. I mean, I think it starts with, again, defining what is your role with clients? Are you here to deliver an 80-20 asset allocation with rebalancing tax loss harvesting and one financial planning update per year? Is that your job? Or are you here to help your clients achieve their dreams and to empower them to move forward in their life in whatever ways matter most to them? So start with defining your job. And if you do define yourself as doing more than just numbers, the two-dimensional questions, and you do see yourself as an advocate for your clients in all these more holistic ways, Well, then you can start to say, how can I be more present to these, uh, you know, opportunities that are that are popping up? Because, you know, as financial advisors, we're in such a privileged seat where clients are openly sharing with us family dynamics, hopes, fears, dreams, wrinkles, you know, and and if we if we I have a great example, I was actually sitting with an advisor who is a newer advisor. And uh, a gentleman, we were talking about his estate planning and his financial planning, and he you know, had plenty of money. And as we were talking about gifting to family, he started to get um, quiet and he started to kind of become emotional. And we had talked about his three kids. He brought up that he had three kids, but he only had talked about two of them. And when it came to gifting, he brought up with his daughter how he really, really um, had deep sadness about the that it had gone astray, that it had soured a number of years ago. And he didn't know how to handle that when it came to his estate plans. And we were also talking home and gifting and a mortgage. And at that point in time, my advisor was like, you know, caring. He said, oh man, you know, know, Mr. Client, here's a box of tissues, take your time. Um, And the guy, you know, dabbled his eyes and basically tried to push back the tears. And then my advisor said, are you okay? He said, yeah, yeah, we can keep going. He said, okay, so now back to this mortgage, we have this, and he went right to where we left about this talk about gifting this property. <laughs> and like, that was a window, right? And that was a window to just say, you know, what, what's coming up for you? How would you like this relationship to heal? What would be steps for you to get there? How can we support this? You know, what would success look like? Like just being able to be present with what came up for that man in that moment, instead of shoving it aside, that's all we have to do as advisors. Like the the issues will come up. 
We just can't push them to the side. Get out of our head, get into our heart and be available to how you can serve them beyond ways you've been serving them so far. And, and you know what? A lot of advisors are doing this already, right? Mm-hmm. Most advisors have pretty high EQ as well as IQ, but we've been taught that our job is to open up our calculator or our financial planning software and just run you know, projections and model portfolios. We can reteach ourselves that that's not our only job. And in doing that, we're going to find lots of opportunities to serve our clients. And frankly, it's so much more enjoyable when you're connecting with clients in this way. It's so rewarding. You feel like you've actually made a difference. It's, it is an interesting mindset shift. I was, I was having a conversation with some wonderful advisors recently, and we were talking about changing the conversation about going deeper in a few areas. And the question legitimately came back, how do I do that and fit in everything I have to do? Mm-hmm. Right? And, and it's a hard one to answer because at one level you think this is what you have to do and you have to figure this out. But any thoughts on that? Well, yeah, I mean, more and more of our business is becoming commoditized. So if your practice entails you spending time focusing on rebalancing software or rebalancing portfolios and not using software, focuses on tax loss harvesting, focuses on trying to provide information access, that's work that you could outsource or you know, hire someone, delegate, and free you up to do the more meaningful work, which is the client-centric connection. So I would just say, you know, you're too valuable of an asset and the clients need this work so much. Don't get caught doing the work that's, you know, low tier on the pyramid. Find ways to free yourself up to focus at least middle tier, if not upper upper tier of the pyramid. And, you know, there's 18,000 RAAs out there. The bulk of them are doing the vanilla financial planning and asset allocation. So do you want to be vanilla? If you want to be vanilla, keep doing what you're doing, you know, and you'll fall into the herd beautifully and you'll probably do just fine. But if you want to separate yourself from the herd, you want to stand out and be the purple cow amongst a field of black and white cows, then start taking some risks and connecting with clients in these ways and free yourself up to do what's going to serve you more and the clients more. And it's going to be far more rewarding. Now, you, you told <clears throat> the story about the man who was recalling his relationship with his daughter. Um, how can an advisor sort of get in, start working toward those conversations if something dramatic like that does not come up? You know, how, how can you start sort of bringing some of these things up when, um, when the client doesn't present it to you like that? Yes. So that's where doing some broad outreach. So even in your newsletter, you know, we'll talk about all, you know, talk about transitions in our newsletter. We'll talk about purpose. We'll talk about community impact. We'll talk about philanthropy. We'll talk about uh, health. So by just starting to bring up some of these subjects broadly, you're going to find you're going to get some hits, you know, so curate some articles that connect with you or book lists that you like that or podcast group and send some links to clients. Hey, I found this interesting, you know, share a little bit more. Like we ask clients to be so vulnerable. And yet if we say buttoned up and just prim and proper and don't share what's going on in our life, that's not really a fair exchange, is it? So what connects with you? What keeps you up at night? What lights you up during the day? And share that with your clients. Share more of who you are, bring in resources, and that's going to foster these connections. And how do you find this all connects to generating more business as well? I mean, at some level, it feels obvious that people would talk about these things. But can you talk to us about the connection between this and becoming referable? 
what's what's the business case <laughs> for, for going through yeah. all this? Well, I don't want to be so crass as to say yeah. that, but but you know why not? If it yeah, I've heard if it doesn't make dollars, it doesn't make yeah. sense, right? Well, okay. So first and foremost, it's an incredible retention tool. So we all know that retaining existing clients is the most important thing we need to do. And finding ways to connect with our clients, especially those that have been with you three, four or five years now, and you've done a lot of the planning and you've helped them update their estate plans and get their insurance and refinance their mortgages. You've done a lot of that lifting. What have you done for them lately? Well, these types of conversations will open up a whole new value set to deliver to them. So retention is first and foremost. And then secondly, you are going to be so much more referable because clients aren't going to just naturally bring up. My advisor does a great job at designing and, and implementing my 60-40 portfolio. That doesn't come up in you know cocktail conversation. <laughs> but what does come up is, wow, we were talking about longevity and trends happening in longevity and how important your pod is or the people you spend time with is and having a sense of purpose. And my advisor gave me these tools that I thought was really interesting in this talk that I thought was interesting. And that it's right in the same subject we're having, John. You should listen to this. Let me forward you this link. Right, That is a referable moment. And when clients hear about a firm that's caring about the whole person, and by the way, we do a tremendous job at managing over $4 billion in assets, and we use you know, alternatives, and we do SRI, and we do a great job at all the blocking and tackling that is the core of a financing and wealth management firm. But then in addition, we care about the whole person through these inspired living services. That's a pretty dangerous combination. Yeah, I mean, I can easily see people just talking about this more naturally. But since I asked a crass um, question, I didn't mean to, but apparently I did. Um, <laughs> your uh, what you invest in the business must be significantly higher <laughs> in, on these activities compared to others. I mean, you've talked about big name speakers. You've talked about a platform. Is this just something that you've accepted is, is the, the new cost of doing business and the new cost of driving deeper engagement? Yes, it is a cost of staying relevant in this rapidly changing industry, especially if you're a smaller firm and there are these you know, 20, 30, $40 billion firms that have in-house tax, in-house attorneys, mm -hmm. in-house trust departments. How are you gonna still charge the same 1% or less and offer a value-add experience for your clients that can get all those other services for the same price. Yeah. So um, luckily, these, this inspired living work is a natural extension of who I am and the company I keep. I've never had to pay a speaker to, to, okay. to communicate with me. Yeah. So these are just friends. These are friends. So it's just think about extending who you are in a platform way to your mm -hmm. clients. So what is it that's you? What do you do in your spare time? What do you love to do? And then start to share that and share, you know, invite your community within those spaces. If you're into horseback riding, if you're into sailing, if you know about art, if you volunteer at the Boys and Girls Club, whatever it is you naturally are doing in your time, take that as a gift and then expand it and amplify it into your practice. So it doesn't have to be, oh gosh, I don't have a budget to go hire, you know, these top rated speakers. You have people in your community that have a story to tell. Give them the opportunity to share the story. You already have the connection. You have the trust. Clients will appreciate A, learning from them and B, learning more about you and your connection to these other people. I think that's such an important point because it's easy to hear these big stories and forget that there's other ways to do this. It's just the, it's the intent of what you're doing and what you're talking about. You're, it, and I, I, you did not start this journey with all of this in place, as you said, right? That was going back a few years ago. 
Um, and I imagine it looks very different now than it did when you started. A hundred percent. And you know, it's, it's our own narrative. Like mm. I used to keep this kind of hidden, right? I was a financial CEO. I needed to be buttoned up and I needed to talk <laughs> about money, right? That's what was supposed to happen. And yet here I was working with families that had, you know, $10 million homes and many of them weren't that fulfilled. And I was taking my kids on service trips to Honduras and Guatemala and Mexico, meeting people that literally had almost nothing from a material standpoint. And yet they seemed to have contentment and fulfillment and kindness. And so I thought like, I, how do we wrap our head around this? And so I realized that we need to look at wealth more broadly and we need to help our clients look at wealth more broadly. And even during COVID, helping people look at the 11 dimensions, they might be stressed about the financial dimension, but when they start to think about, wow, I have spent more time with family and I have taken daily walks and I am spending more time in nature and I've listened to more podcasts than I ever have, like they've grown their wealth in tremendous ways in these other definitions of it. So it can be a great way to help people reframe their life and kind of look forward with some optimism and gratitude. And again, to create a deeper bond between you and your client, that's going to be based on something authentic that you care about and that they care about. Well, that's great. Yeah, that that's, was a mic that's amazing moment. No what kidding. more can we say beyond that, really? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, that was Seth. That's, it's really fascinating and it's really amazing what kind of work you're doing. Thank you so much for joining us here. If, uh, if people want to find out more about what you're up to, where can they find you? They can go to missionwealth.com and learn a lot there, social media to our website, and uh, they can watch my TED Talk and they can uh, learn a lot about what we're doing. We share a lot. So feel free to like dive in and in a partnership conversation, we're happy to have those as well. Thank you Excellent. so much for being yeah. here today. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you for the opportunity. Hey folks, Steve again. Thanks for joining us on Becoming Referrable. If you like what you've been hearing, please do us a favor and rate us on iTunes. It really helps. You can get all the links, show notes, and other tidbits from these episodes at becomingreferrable.com. You can also get our free report, Three Referral Myths That Limit Your Growth, and connect with our blogs and other resources. So until next time, so long.